0: From Miami Law, I'm Anette Ugez, and this is The Explainer.
1: I think this is one of these issues that we have to fight it through. We have to win. And how do we win? We win elections by turning out a decent
0: legal vote. Welcome back to the Miami Law Explainer, the legal affairs podcast where Miami law experts lend context and historical relevance to today's headlines. On today's show, election law expert Francis Hill dispels election myths and misinformation.
2: Morning, Francis. Good morning, Catherine. How are you? I'm great. Welcome back. Thank you. So last week, Pennsylvania implemented automatic voter registration, joining two dozen other states. Is this a pro-democracy move that both parties support? Yes, in some to some
1: extent it is. Although in Pennsylvania this was a contested issue and it was a campaign promise on the Democrat who ended up being elected governor, but it is um, widely seen as common sense mm-hmm.
2: that everybody understands, because you can go and you do two things at once. Got it. Got it. So what are the pros to automatic enrollment and the cons? And does this deny the deniers that say, oh, it's all red? Well, I think it does a couple of things.
1: It's easier for the voter because all your information that would be needed to get your voting registration updated or to vote to register in the first place. And so that's one thing. And the other thing is members of the previous administrations who had run elections, who are not going to be threatened and facing violence and people with guns on their lawns and whatever it is, um, they, um, just decided that they were going to go. And so there is a terrible shortage of workers in the election offices now. And so you can just use the databases because they're all state employees and um, cover some ground that way. It's not going to make up the difference, I think. It is not going to make up the difference in counting votes, but at least you get people into the system. There's some data that shows that people who go into the system don't start voting right away, even though they're registered, although it seems that maybe what they want um, is to just kind of ease into voting maybe in the next election. So I think on the whole, it's a sensible thing, but it should not be seen as addressing all of the problems or even some of them right who um
2: some of the problems that are so overwhelming in other states so who's working in opposition to automatic voting and and what methods are being employed to suppress the vote well generally
1: i think you can say that the Democrats, with all their faults, believe in registering people and having them vote. The Republicans thought that they were more clever than that and that they could really identify and pick their voters, although that didn't work out so well in the 2020 election. And so now they are taking another look at maybe registering a few more people and thinking maybe a few more people would vote for them. And we'll see who's right. I mean, I think it shows the futility, ultimately, of of trying to pick your voters if you're running for office. You,
2: right. So, mail in voting, early voting, like all of those oh, things there's are. There's
1: tremendous pressure on each one of these. There's a trial going on now in Houston, Texas, which is Harris County. Texas has the utterly bizarre idea that they can have different rules under state law for Houston than for any other place in Texas. Texas is very large, of course. Mm. We all agree on that. And this is idiotic. It's like saying, well, we'll have new rules for Madison in Wisconsin, but La Crosse will vote with the rest of the states. It's just bizarre stuff. And so we have a lot of disputes going on around the county. So I think that all of the efforts at voter suppression seem to be going something like full tilt around the country. And whether anyone gains from this or not, we will see. Certainly the people denied the right to vote are losers. Because that's the basis of our whole experiment, that as voters, we're equal. One person, one vote, one time.
2: And we're done. Mm -hmm. I can't let you go without talking a little about gerrymandering, because that is really where I think the Democrats are working, you know, to preserve early voting, to preserve transparency, to make it all inclusive. And I know every party, you know, the birds do it, the bees do it, every party, every 10 years tries to gerrymander. Is one side more at fault, or should I say successful than the other? Well, that's a really hard
1: question to answer because the gerrymandering, despite the Supreme Court sort of wanting to wash its hands. Reminds you of Pontius Pilate, doesn't it? Not that we were alive then. But they're there washing their hands of this. And of course, they can't get away from it. And they know they can't get away from it. So now we have Alabama. Alabama, it seems, has never gotten over the 1950s. And if ever they're worth a decade to get over, maybe the 1950s would be something to consider getting over, but they don't. And so they were ordered by the Supreme Court in June to define two districts that would have at least a strong possibility of electing a Black representative to Congress. Doesn't mean they will. Um, it just means that the numbers could permit it. And so the state of Alabama said, no, we're only going to do one district like this. And then they asked the Supreme Court for permission to do this, and the Supreme Court basically said, go pound sand, Mm -hmm. that we're not doing this. And by the way, we've told you what we expect. So this morning, the Supreme Court has really, again, said to Alabama, one is not two, two is our number, and you don't have a number. Now, what that all means in terms of being able to run elections in the fall is very hard to say. Of course, there'll be elections, but how are they going to run them? And what will be the district lines? And how will people campaign for them? All of that is up in the air. But... There is a special master who has been appointed to define the new districts. And he apparently has a deadline of the end of this week. And so the Supreme Court, you know, might just endorse that
2: and draw the lines. Mm -hmm. Did Alabama think because there was a more conservative majority on the Supreme Court that they could just do it again the same way they'd just been told not to? And this time they get a different ruling? Like, I don't understand they already knew you need two districts. And we're like, okay, we're drawing it. It's still one district that they somehow thought, or is it just running out the clock to 2024? I think they were
1: going to see if they could run out the clock um, and just maybe get away with it one more time. I don't really know. I don't think anyone really knows why when the Supreme Court says two, they tend to mean two, (laughs) not three and not one and not four,
2: but just too And well, if you're in, in, you know, maybe kindergarten, that makes sense. Let's just try it again. Let's ask them home again.
1: Well, if they're not through it by first grade, they may not be ready <laughs> for law school when we start to see them. And so, no, I, th- I think they ought to have their own lawyers in Alabama. And they do. They have a fine university. They have a law school. It's not that they don't know. Right. But the people who are running the Republican side of things are just pushing like a teenager does to see how far they can get away with this. And this morning, the Supreme Court said, not at all. Now, Justice Kavanaugh, who always likes to appear to be clever, um, had said in a concurring opinion, well, I might find reasons that you know, you wouldn't need to going forward, but not now. I'm voting, you know, with the majority now. And he said the same thing today. He said, basically, maybe in the future, but not now, because apparently everyone in the Supreme Court is, shall we say, annoyed at this kind of a response. Uh Um, Really, most states don't openly defy the Supreme Court. And there's, There have been articles in the press about how Alabama kind of glories in this. I sort of doubt it. I mean, Alabama is a big, diverse and modernizing state. Right. I think it is a group of people who've got their hands around one
2: political party and feel empowered. Maybe we should talk about Florida and the map here. There was some movement on that today, correct?
1: There seems to have been. I always distrust initial reports about what's going on in Florida because... Shocking. What? Shocking. <laughs> I, I just don't have any confidence until I can read it myself Sure, and know what's going on. But it's no secret that our governor has been trying to enhance his profile as a candidate for president by running this powerful in his view, or one might just say juvenile in other perspectives, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, he has his armed force to go around and throw people back in jail if he can. But the courts are refusing to do
2: this. Right. Arresting people for voting illegally.
1: Yes. But nobody knows how to vote legally because no one kept any records. And so how much money do former felons know if they paid their debt to society in the hackneyed phrase out of criminal law?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um, The people in the election offices thought, well, that's that. And they cleaned out their filing cabinets or whatever they do. And then the governor announced, oh no, You have to pay off all your debts, but no one knows how to compute the amount of that debt. And so the governor is insisting or has been insisting that you'd have to arrest everybody but there was film on local television here, which did not help the governor much. It was the police in that new private army or whatever that was <laughs> that he got. When they were asked why they were being arrested, they were just told, We don't really understand it. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We can't explain it to you. And then the heads of the voting planning offices all said, We can't do this. We have no records. Right. We don't know what they owe.
2: And Floridians overwhelmingly voted to allow yes, they did. the felons, most felons to vote. And there was no stipulation of, you know, having to repay any uh, restitutions or anything like that. And this was something that... And and some other states right. have
1: had those laws, but not a lot and not Florida. And this whole idea of letting you know people paid their debt to society, they went to jail, they got out of jail legally, they thought they could vote, and indeed, the election offices thought they could vote and would register them mm-hmm. they it's- had cards and everything. Yes, yes. And so um, this has turned out to be a less than stellar performance on the behalf of our governor and his supporters, because none of the questions that deserve to be answered had even been thought of, except by the people facing more jail time. But that has been made to go away too, because the judges were not into this. So we are, as usual in recent years here in Florida, in something of a muddle. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And um, I am hopeful that people will be able to vote once they have served their sentences. Mm
2: -hmm. Florida also is having a similar issue with the redistricting. The, The Republican led Legislature drew a map. The governor didn't think that map was good enough. He redo redid it. But that is also in court look being looked at, correct? Yes, it is,
1: because it is hard to say what the basis of the governor's action was. You know, remember, he was overturning a legislature controlled by his own party. Mm -hmm. And they thought they had drawn a decent, reasonable map. That was still at the same time going to benefit one party Mm -hmm. kind of disproportionately. And as I understand what the governor is doing, although sometimes that in itself is a challenge, um, the state legislators are a bit alarmed that the governor set their maps aside and drew his own because they don't understand the basis of his maps. Mm -hmm. And so that is all being chatted about with the judges. I understand
2: it. Interesting. Are you seeing uncontested free and fair elections in 2024 or somewhere in the future? Or is this kind of rancor here to stay?
1: I think this is one of these issues that we have to fight it through. We have to win. And how do we win? We win elections by turning out a decent legal vote. Mm -hmm. Things like this pop up. There have been a lot of incidents in American history. Many of them focused on voting. Mm -hmm. There wasn't great joy when women got the vote. One of my ancestresses was a suffragist, Uh and um, she would always say that the happiest day of her life was the day she first voted in 1920. Not her marriage to the husband she adored, not the birth (laughs) of her two children, but the best day of her life was when she first voted. And she was vice president of the Wisconsin Republican Women's Association. And they were friends of fighting Bob LaFollette, the progressive Republican governor of Wisconsin. Uh-huh. And that used to be Wisconsin. Now I'm, And nobody thought my grandparents were wide-eyed radicals because they were just home farming hmm My grandfather once told bankers who kept saying, you have to come to Rotary Club. And he said, I can't. I'm busy running a business. Yeah. Or, <laughs> it's not like I'm a banker or somebody who takes time off for lunch. Right. Hangs out. So, and there were a lot of farmers who took that view, who were perfectly successful Mm -hmm. actually at running their farms. I think that our history is marked by a lot of these eras. You have to win these episodes. And then for a while, you can go forward on a more progressive basis. Anything in closing? Well, I just wanted to mention that I think the most dangerous thing going on now is the claim of of state legislatures that they can just refuse to count certain of the votes. It's called vote nullification. People were registered. People voted. They were never stopped. Their votes were there. And the um, mechanism set up by the state legislators, a subset of the ruling party Mm -hmm. of them. And that is vote nullification. We have not moved on to voter nullification yet, I will hasten to add, and may we never do that. But that is far worse because it can be very hard to
0: prove. Mm -hmm.
2: Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Great to see you. Pleasure to be here. All right. See you around. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us for The Explainer and a whole new season of Explaining. If you enjoy our show, leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider and ask your friends to subscribe. You can always drop us a comment at theexplainer@miami.edu. at miami.edu. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with the music composed by Rady Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Uges. Today's show is brought to you by Miami Law's annual Lewis Henkin Lecture on Human Rights, November 2nd. This year's speaker will be Keith Harper, former U.S. Ambassador and Permanent Representative to the United Nations Human Rights Council in Geneva, Switzerland. For more information, visit www.miami.law.edu.